you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Good Morning Football program. I'm Kyle Brandt, Jamie Erdahl in Parts Unknown. That's Jason McCourty, 13 years in the league. Peter Schrager never played the game. What's no, up, guys? Never played the game nope. yet. Love it. Yep. You know the game, though. Yeah, I, I do. Know. Hey, as the season draws closer, we're going to take a closer look at some back of our favorite moments on this yeah. very show. Yeah, and it's a great mix. We do talk football, but we do it in a way where we have a ton of fun while we're doing it. Nobody has more fun than us. Mm-hmm. And guys, without further ado, enjoy the very best of Good Morning Football. All right, we do a fun segment on the show called Mixed Bag Trivia. It's basically anything you can imagine, and there's always a theme. And this year we're talking about Oklahoma guys in the NFL and their experiences in the NFL because our man Gerald McCoy is one of the greatest Oklahoma players to ever come out of the school. Jason, I'm going to start with you. You went to school at Rutgers in New Jersey. How familiar are you with Oklahoma football history? Uh, I know Gerald McCoy. Okay, that's a good place to start. Jason, Gerald played with (laughs) Sam Bradford in college. That was his quarterback. When Sam Bradford won the Heisman Trophy in 2008, the other two finalists invited to the event in New York City were who? A, Darren McFadden and Beanie Wells. B, Brady Quinn and Steve Slayton. C, Colt McCoy and Tim Tebow. Or D, Toby Gerhardt and Indomitian Sue. Who were number two and three in the voting of the 2008 Heisman Trophy? Hey, shout out Steve Slayton. Uh, He was at West Virginia. Had to play against him and babyface Pat White. Uh, Never beat West Virginia. They were, woo. Um, But my answer, I'm going to go with A, Darren McFadden and Beanie Wells. Uh, McFadden at Arkansas was was a ton of fun to watch. And obviously Beanie Wells at Ohio State. All right, Darren was second in the Heisman two years in a row, but it wasn't oh, those years. Do you know the right answer? Not that old man. It was Colt McCoy and Tim. Look at him, such arrogance too. Like went like this. He's right. Tebow would win the Heisman. Poor Sam was hurt. Sam was hurt. Oh, yep, he's got the cast on, but he was there. Yes. Um, Bradford won the award. Colt McCoy came in second, and Tim Tebow won the 2007 Heisman. So he won the year before, but he finished third this year. But then Tebow and the Gators later would go McCoy's on. McCoy's still win. playing. Tebow would yeah. win the BCS That's championship. That's my brother from another mother, by Is the way. Is Sam Bradford your guy? That's my guy. Big Easy. Yeah. That's what we call him, Big Easy. How's he doing these days? He's Where doing is he great. At? He's back in Oklahoma. He's got, he does a lot of great community service. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, he goes from uh, school to school, like building uh, weight rooms oh, and bringing in like football equipment. Sam is the man. We That's so Sam. cool. I love, that. I love hearing that. Sarah, are you ready? I can't wait. Okay. The University of Oklahoma has had a plethora of NFL wide receivers and tight ends selected in recent drafts. Which Oklahoma player has the most receptions in the NFL over the last 10 years? Is it CeeDee Lamb, Mark Andrews, Marquise Hollywood Brown, or Sterling Shepard? 
most receptions. Uh, give me, um, give me Sterling Shepard. Do you see how confident I said that? D. Do you want to take a shot here, Joe? I'll take a shot. Uh, Sterling's really good, but I'm still going to say it's Mark Andrews. Okay. The correct answer is wide receiver for the New York Giants, Sterling Shepard. Wow. Sarah, congratulations. See, I should have. Not that I, much, though. 362 yeah. receptions. He's been in the Landry's league a long too. time, but I, Mark Andrews has been killing it since he stepped foot in the league, so I was going to assume it was Mark. Mm -hmm. I almost went Mark, but then I was like, no, I really know my Oklahoma Sooners <laughs> football history. Yeah. It is definitely D. I, I played there. Yeah. Um, you know, I put in the sweat in that weight room, and I knew it was Sterling Shepard. Gerald, yeah. keep up. All the confidence coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shep has 362 catches. Mark Andrews has 336. Marquise Brown is fourth, and C.D. is fifth, but I think C.D. Lamb is coming. Yeah, yeah. he is. He's coming. Yes. Gerald, are you ready? I uh, am. Yeah. Okay, so you know the football inside and out. Oklahoma, you're a legend. Obviously, you have that knowledge. Your last college game was a bowl win over Stanford mm -hmm. in the 2009 Sun Bowl. Here's the question. The number one song in America, <laughs> the day of that game, December 31st, 2009. So New Year's Eve, 2009. The number one song in America was Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Bad Romance, or Bad Romance, however you want to say it. By Lady Gaga. Bad Romance. Um, Sweet Dreams by Queen Bee, Beyonce. Or On Fire, Little Wine. Take yourself into that locker. What were you listening to in that moment? I know that, that following, you know, summer I got drafted. And Empire State of Mind was like playing nonstop. But I don't know if it was already out. But that's what I'm going to go with. Empire State of Mind. You know what? Nope, I'm going with Lady Gaga. Really? Why yes. did you change? Because it's Lady Gaga. She was popping right then. Mm. But Empire State of Mind was like going into the draft. That was like, I don't switched back. It's Jay-Z. Okay, okay. Empire State okay. of Mind. Okay. I'm going with it. The answer is... Empire yeah! State of Mind! Yes! Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Empire State of Mind spent five weeks as Billboard's number one single in 2009. It became the instant anthem in New York City Absolutely. and received critical acclaim worldwide. The reason it was so big draft, you were in New York City. Yes. It was 30, it was Rockefeller Center, right. it was everything. I'm not going to lie to you. On my flight here, I played that nonstop in my ear. But you know what I watch? This is just a fun fact about Gerald. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I watched Princess and the Frog on the plane on the mm. way to draft day. Little Tiana. That mm -hmm. day, that's what you were watching on the way to the draft. On the way to the draft. And I was on a flight, and the person that was supposed to sit next to me didn't show up. So I put my feet up, watched Princess and the Frog, and asked for seconds. He had seconds. He had the yes, person next to his meal. Um, does the NFL, when they fly you in for the draft, do you get first class, or are you sitting 32B economy? Seconds. What do they do with you there? Man, I don't know. I don't remember like why I kept getting food, but I definitely wasn't in first class. He was not in first class. No. We had to change that. That's wow. it. Yeah. I was sitting in the three seater, so about, I, that's not first. What about the way but home from the draft? Food, oh, on the way home, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. That's a different. Hey, listen. Uh, the NFL put me in the back. The Bucks flew me in the front. <laughs> yeah. hey. Mm. You feel me? Mm. Yeah. See, when I got drafted, I had a layover uh, on my way to Tennessee, so it was much different. Yeah. Neither was first. Was this, Jason was on a Greyhound. No, I'm sorry. This is, this is me just messing around. All right. Last one. This is a video clue, and we all get to play on this one. Mm. We're all going to guess, all right? Which of these Oklahoma players had their career-high rushing day 
in the NFL in a season opener, a week one game. So coming right out of the gates, week one, this guy had the highest number of rushing yards in his career. DeMarco Murray, Adrian Peterson, Quentin Griffin, or Joe Mixon. Sarah, we'll start with you. Week one. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's Adrian Peterson because of well, obviously how long he did stuff. But I, uh, give me Joe Mixon. Okay. okay. I'm going to go with, he calls himself the kid. I'm going to go with A, DeMarco Murray. Gerald's so confident, no, shaking his head. No, yeah. Adrian Peterson, um, his was his rookie year, but it wasn't open. He had 296 in like yeah. five. DeMarco's, I believe his was his rookie year too, but it wasn't opening day. Uh, Joe Mixon made his Pro Bowls later, so I'm going with Quentin Griffin. What memory do you have of Quentin Griffin before we get uh, Quentin Griffin scoring um, a huge touchdown in the national championship and slamming the ball. And then I remember when he got to the Denver Broncos, he was doing exactly what he was doing in Oklahoma, and we was all in Oklahoma rooting for him. So um, he's tiny, but well, he played he played like a giant. So I'm gonna go with Quentin Griffin. It was like Darren Sproles and Quentin Griffin, and yeah. they both came in the league. We have a special call for this one. Okay, this is Pat Summerall Whoa. on the call, who is filling in for Mike Patrick. And that year that we were gonna show this on ESPN, Pat Summerall was doing play-by-play for. ESPN on 2004 season. So here's the legendary Pat Summerall on the mic for our answer. Good evening, I'm Pat Summerall, and welcome to another year of Sunday Night Football on ESPN. Paul McGuire and Joe Theismann are with me. Look out, Griffin. Getting sail for the end zone. Touchdown, Griffin Griffin. 25-yard scamper. Watch the moves he made. Right about now. He stops, cuts back to the outside, and you're absolutely right, Joe. He's got receivers downfield just leading the way. That game, 2004 week one, Quentin Griffin comes out, had 156 yards and three touchdowns. The Mm. Broncos beat the Chiefs. Denver had just traded Clinton Portis to Mm. Washington for Champ Bailey. In comes Quentin Griffin, fourth-round pick, and he was awesome. Very small period of the NFL window in that 2004-2005 season, but that was the old Shanahan way. We're throwing in running backs. We're going to mix them up. Quentin Griffin, I think he deserves a little respect. Yeah, he does, man. Q was the man at OU, man. So when he did that, we was like, oh, yeah, here we go. And he just couldn't. Just because they healthy, so. I just love the sound on the call. Pat yeah. Summerall, Sunday Night Football on sure, ESPN. Yeah. Man, he cuts out. To, uh, that, was, that was awesome. I appreciate it. Real that. quick, the greatest Oklahoma athlete at NFL Network is not you, my friend. It's the great Stacey Dales. Yes. Two-time mm, All-American yes. Hooper. We have oh, to give Stacey. Oh, I love Stacey, and I will concede it is Stacey. Stacey, I love you. We love Stacey. Hey, uh, I know whenever anybody guests here, everyone's the question everybody gets in the morning is, where'd you go to eat? Would you, so give us the Oklahoma. What's the Oklahoma oh, hot spot? We if we were in Oklahoma, like, what's your go-to? Like, if we were guest hosts in meal. Oklahoma today. Norman, give Oklahoma. Us- where are we going? Uh, you would leave Norman and go to more Oklahoma and go to Swadley's Barbecue. Swadley's Barbecue. S W A D L E Y S. Swadley's Barbecue. What's the What's the order? There's an ultimate combo sandwich. It's like a sausage, pulled pork, brisket. All that is on there. Like 200 calories. It's got bacon, and then you get the honey sweet sauce, (laughs) and and you get it with campfire taters, with extra. What is a campfire tater? I'm in. I don't know. Tater tot. Yeah, no, it's not like it's like uh, potatoes. Okay. Oh. It's just campfire taters, and you put the sauce all over the. <laughs>
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Seahawks already had a great tandem at wide receiver in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but they made that tandem into a dynamic trio when they used their second first-round pick to select Jackson Smith and the Jigba with the 20th overall selection. Earlier this week, Tyler Lockett told reporters that he thinks the rookie is, quote, going to be phenomenal. Yesterday, DK Metcalf added on to the praise, saying he is like a veteran already. Guys, my statement is this. The Seahawks have the best wide receivers room in the entire NFL. Are we in or are we out, Sean O'Hara? We start with you. Wow, that's an interesting group. I, I, I like the physical aspect of it, but I'm out on this. Okay. I, I, I feel like the Seahawks right now, okay, look, you've got some explosive players. I still don't know what we're getting out of Geno Smith yet. I, 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 that, to me, is still a question mark. I, I'm going to go with a bird on the East Coast. Give me the Eagles. Oh. And I think when you look at what this Philadelphia Eagles offense – A.J. Brown coming to this offense gave it shark teeth. You know, before, look, they could run the football. All right, they had, you know, Dallas Goddard, they had a, a decent passing game, decent time. A.J. Brown changed everything okay. for that offense. So I, I feel like with A.J. Brown and when you look at, you know, look, Quez Watkins kind of fills up this trio right here. Um, you know, I think when you look at Devontae Smith, the, the amount of times that people focused on A.J. Brown and said, we got to stop him, and Devontae showed up. All the way to the And it's like, all of a sudden you look up. Super talented. Right, yeah, you look up and it's like, dude, how does Devontae Smith have 150 yards receiving awesome. already? And sneakily, I think he's a lot big. He plays a lot bigger than what people think. So I'll go with the Eagles right now. I'll go with the Birds. Throw in Quez right. Watkins. You've talked about him on the show I like a little Quiz. bit. Sarah? I'll say they're the best. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm out too. 
Sean brought it up. They had two guys that uh, had over 1,000 yards receiving. The Eagles did. There's three teams in the league that had two guys that went over 1,000 yards. The Eagles, one team. I'm going with another team that was one of them. The other team's the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Bengals. How about that Bengals group? And we had a talk earlier in the week about how they even keep this group together long term. But Jamar Chase, over 1,000 yards last season, nine touchdowns, most targets in the league. How about T. Higgins, over 1,000 yards last season. Tyler Boyd has two seasons of over 1,000. Yards. I'm going this trio because, on top of it, when I talked about those three teams with the receivers, well, one of them's the Dolphins, so you got two at quarterback. The one that Sean was just talking about, Jalen at quarterback, I'm going Joe Burrow as my quarterback to find these guys, to make these guys even better than they already are. If you give me those top three teams that I just mentioned, I'm going to go Joe Burrow every time on my answer. Really good answers, but I, I, I think I have it. So you got Diggs, <laughs> you got Hopkins, you got Gabe. I absolutely love it. I'm in. Um, Tell me that's not the one, Peter. That's amazing if they can get Hopkins. It already happened. I see he's in the gym. That's a real picture. I like it. That's a good <laughs> shot of him, too. I'm trying to think of someone else. Quickly Google if someone else wears number 10 already for the I don't Buffalo know. Bills, but I can't see. Let me start with a wild card team. This, the L.A. Chargers. They have this basketball squad yeah, of tall. six foot four guys, but between Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and they too drafted a rookie. Right after Smith and Jigma, they got Quinton Johnson at a TCU. I'd be interested. You add in Josh Palmer, who I think is really good, but... Seahawks, I don't think of them in this like passing air team. Yeah, yeah. That room is really talented mm-hmm. with what they have. And of course, we know that their offense uh, is always going through that run and they'll have the passing game. All right, next topic. Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson yesterday surprised his team when he decided to cancel OTAs oh, no. and instead took the squad out for a paintballing session. Cameron Wolf took this video from undercover or something like <laughs> he was behind a barracks. Wearing goggles. Armed. <laughs> NFL Plus, we have paintball. Look at the army crawl. Oh, Oh, he got me. Cam, did you take any straps? I'm hit. I was going to say, Cam stayed from behind the lines. Uh, Here is the statement. I know there are some mixed feelings about paintball right now. Paintball is an awesome team bonding activity. Are we in or are we out? Sean, are you pro paintball? Or are you con paintball? I'm all the way in on this. Of course you are. I'm all for the paintball. Here's the one thing that, that, that I love about paintball is that you are accountable. Guess what? You get hit, you feel it, and you announce it right away. Anybody that's ever played paintball, as soon as you get hit by a paintball, it stings. It leaves a mark. Yeah. You're raising your hand. I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm hit. I've been to a, a, a probably 10 kids' birthday parties. I go with my son, 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old. I'll go to this place called Tac Ops, and, and it's electric. Tac Ops. It's, it's, a, it's like electric laser there stuff. Is there is no accountability. You get shot, oh, yeah, go back and respawn. Like, no yeah. big deal. So, What's the term? These are all new terms to me. Respawn. Respawn, respawn yeah, means you, you, get, you go back to a box, and you get to come back. You get to have <laughs> a ball. You get back the in the game. In paintball, once you're hit, you're out. You're announcing it. I love it. I, think, I love the team bonding aspect of it. Um, a lot of coaches try to do things. They're like, hey, how do I manufacture team chemistry? I think paintball is a great way to do it. I've been on some teams where we did some things and it was kind of like, yeah, this didn't really go yeah. as well as you mm-hmm. had thought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bowling's fun, but everybody can paintball. Everybody can get involved in it. And uh, I think it's great for kind of a little bit, hey, look, I'm counting on you. Are you got my back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to go back to back here and you got to protect my six. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that on the football field yeah. too. Uh, 
Well, quick story. Yeah. Team, team, we had a team bonding act, mm-hmm. activity when I played for the Browns one time. Butch Davis took us all swimming. It was great. Swimming? For, just going for a swim? Like yeah, a, but a like, hole? no, like a huge swimming, Olympic-sized swimming pool. Okay. The problem is that it's some cool. of the guys didn't know how to swim. So you had some guys that were like scared yeah. to go into the deep end. And, you know, it was like some guys in the shallow end. It didn't really go over too Interesting. well. Interesting. Oh, see, I think that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the paintball, was Plexico allowed to do it or no? Negative. Okay. Negative. Okay. No, yeah. no, we leave Cheddar Bob out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What do you got, sir? The answer is any team bonding activity is the right team bonding activity. I played college soccer in Jacksonville, so the humidity is like 15,000%. It's 150 degrees in August, and the only way you could get out of practice is if it lightning. So we would be like, there's lightning off in the distance at any, t- at any point to get out of anything that is mandatory. It's mandatory minicamp. Mm. So if you tell these guys they're literally going to do anything else, that's a win. You know, team bonding is especially important. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete, you're on a team. Your workplace, you, you're a team, sure. right? And so that applies here. Yeah. Like here in the studio, that's why I like coming in to do Good Morning Football mm-hmm. because they make you feel like you're part of a team. And the Family. first time I ever did Good Morning Football, Jason and I did it together, and it was out in Mount Laurel, New yeah. Jersey. It was raining the entire time. They spared no expense. We stayed at the Spring Hill Suites. <laughs> nice. And this is how our team bonding went. By the way, we're all staying at the same hotel. Uh, last night, two of the folks sitting out here decided to go to a buddy movie. Did, Did you, you get, get the invite? I didn't. Did you get no, the invite? No, I didn't get yeah, the exactly, invite. No exactly, exactly. Peter was uh, the host. I, 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 Peter, you speak for yourself. This is your deal. Okay. I haven't had a chance to see Top Gun yet. It's made a billion dollars. Kyle's... Kyle personifies Top Gun. Like Kyle, what? so I just mentioned to him, I said, Kyle, you would love Top Gun, right? Kyle said, sure. I've already seen it. I said, do you want to see it again? We went to see Top Gun with our producer, Mark Rowe. There was a third, too. Sarah, oh, have, have, <laughs> Sarah, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't it. seen yeah. it. It would have been awesome to there- go. Yeah. Go ahead. Explain what happened. Mm. We didn't, we're in the middle of, of Jason and I don't know anybody. We're just yeah. locked down at the Spring Hill Suites. And two of the four hosts are like, let's go. Let's have the producer. Let's have anybody that's working on the show. You guys want to go out to Top Gun? Jason and Sarah, you guys stay in the hotel. What's the lesson? By yourself. What's the lesson? Excuse Never me. leave your wingman. Here's the lesson. We were Emmy-winning best show mm-hmm. a year ago. Mm-hmm. We got all high on our high horse. Mm-hmm. We had we didn't invite the team bonding. It was more about me than we. And sure enough, <laughs> not only did we not get nominated for a, for an, an Emmy, I, I mean we don't even have the two other hosts that are usually like it's just we're falling at the path. You're right. We should have invited. We should have team movie nights. Yes, yes. Yeah. Especially in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Especially yeah. the gateway to Trenton. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they call that. Well. Hey, the Ed Sable Theater. I think it's. I think it's vacant right now. I think it's available. Yeah, right. You're I think right. I was using it. I walked across the parking lot mm-hmm. by myself in the rain. Ate that, dinner by myself. Pizza? At, no, at a wow. sushi place in a strip mall out there in that Mount Laurel. Laurel. It was that or the grocery store next door. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I Strip did. mall sushi versus grocery store. Hmm, mm-hmm. That's a tough, tough one. Tough right call, there. right? All right, I got to get it back to paintball, right? Somehow. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we messed oh, up we really off? bad. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty, that was pretty so. Should I get back to paintball? Yeah, get back the to paintball. The Jaguars went paintballing. Call me soft. Call me old-fashioned. I like my recreation without welts all over my body. <laughs> I don't want welts. Uh, I hate paintball. I've done it before in the Poconos, and we went up uh, against this group of, like, Old like thrillbillies who all have a nom fetish and like think that they're in like band of brothers. <laughs> Take the pain, soldier. Yeah, like it really, really hurts. I think it's totally overrated. It's often cold. Of course, it it, it fosters team chemistry and brotherhood. It's simulated war. <laughs> of course, it does. I there's 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 this great thing called laser tag where you do the same thing, Sean. Tech if you ups. don't have welts. 
TAC ops, whatever that is, I'm in. I think paintball is one of the worst things of all time. Bowling is an undefeated endeavor. It's always fun. The paintball sucks. I'm gonna, I hate I'm gonna it. double down with you, and there's because of something. Okay, so you go to a bowling alley, and a lot of the guys will say, "I actually have my own ball," and that's what. You go to the paintball thing. There's a guy who has his own gun, and you're like, "I'm just here to." And it's like, it's just I got the super splatter nine thousand, and then I'm out there with like one of those things where like you put it, you stuff, and it's a revolutionary war musket. Got band in front of me doing. I rented the thing. There's a drummer. He got a patch over one of his eyes representing my team. Little ripped flag with a circle and the stars. It's terrible. I hate guys. Get out in nature, will you? I love that. I'd rather go camping. Fishing. Do you own a Esteemed group of NFL veterans who took part in something really cool. Yesterday, the folks at Fanatics dropped one of the coolest rookie videos you will see this offseason. The rookie class of 2023 were not only surprised by their own NFL idols, but they were also given some gifts and some advice from those idols that they looked up to. How y'all doing today? I'm CJ Stroud. Will Levis, quarterback. Anthony Richardson. I'm Bryce Young, playing for the Carolina Panthers. How does it feel saying that? It's, it's pretty surreal. I'm still <laughs> adapting to it, honestly. Anthony, what's up? Trey, Jerry Rice here. What up, man? It's Calvin Johnson Jr. Joe Montana here. Hey, Zay, what's up, man? Hey, pal. Peyton Manning here. Oh, no way. Hey, she Eric Dickinson here. I'm so excited for you. I've been watching you since your college days. Welcome to the league, young buck. Nah, that's actually crazy. Welcome to Green Bay. How's my locker, by the way? <laughs> you made it, brother. You made it. Proud of you, man. Big fan of you and the way you play the game. It's hard not to get goosebumps, and it kind of, all the negative in the world, you put it away, like, how cool is that moment? So... I'm going to turn to you, Sean. You were obviously a player in the NFL. Who did you grow up idolizing and looking and saying, oh, that's the guy that I want to be. I would love to meet him someday. Yeah, I'm with you, Treggs. Uh, goosebumps you know, all up and down my arms seeing that because for, for most NFL players, like we were fans of the game at some point in time, and you had guys you looked up to. Walter Payton was my, my, my hero, um, along with Mike Singletary. I was a big, big Bears fan, so... Uh, Mike Singletary, the passion, the, the the focus, everything that he that he brought to the table uh, was a big part of of what I tried to emulate you know, as a young player. And, and when you looked up and you watched him on Sundays, like I couldn't wait to get home and watch the games. I couldn't wait to get home and watch that guy with that steely-eyed focus. Um, and uh, I think when you look at what he meant to that defense too, that was big. That was really big. What do you think, Sarah? Who did you grow up looking up to? I was a soccer player growing up, so Mia Hamm. And I was a goal scorer. And Mia Hamm was like, back in the day, she was. it felt like to me one of the first mainstream female athletes that was ever. Remember the Michael Jordan commercial she had back in the day? Um, they, her and Jordan at UNC filmed this commercial, and, and that was very mainstream. And she won, I think, four NCAA championships at UNC. And Dean Smith 
had the quote that we're not a basketball school, we're a soccer school because they were that big. And then years later, when I was in the business and in covering sports, I got to cover one of her games. And I remember going to the stadium. It was at the Titan Stadium. And you walk out into the field and it was just so many girls just screaming, Mia, Mia, Mia. And it was one of the first times for me that you saw this female athlete being idolized in the same way that her male counterparts were that and she just she was fast and she was just it was cool to be Mia and so uh, it was Mia Ham for me. That's huge. Yeah. Nomar was incredible at the time. So yeah. I worked with Nomar and this was I don't care about laming myself out now but back when you're trying to be cool you don't do that so I worked at ESPN I worked with Nomar he'd come on and you know and, and Nomar was huge in back in the day as well but I would always think in my head I'm like you're married to me. Like, that's all I would think. And I remember yeah, he walked into the yeah, studio one day sure. and we all applauded. It was the show Sports Nation and everyone was applauding. He goes, yeah, I wish I got that reception at home. Made a joke. But all that goes in my, he, I'm like, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. <laughs> Everything yeah, he said, he would be talking about yeah, baseball yeah. and this. And this guy hit a home run. And I'm like, how was dinner last night? Like, who yeah. was there? Who was at the table? It's all I ever, it's and exciting. I never said that to him though, because I was being cool. Yeah. And I was just like, oh yeah, nice to see you. And I, I would like pick through every little thing he said, because I'm like, you're married to Mia. That's incredible. I love that. You know, uh, mine, similar to Sean, growing up in Chicago, when I was a seven-year-old, the coolest team in all of sports was the Bears. And the coolest athlete in the world was Walter Payton. And my dad took me down to Water Tower Place Mall in downtown Chicago, where the Bears were going to be showing up to sign their calendar that had come out. And it was like 10 of them all lined up. You get there and there's a three hour wait to get your calendar signed. Biggest team in sports. And I waited, we had three hours to get to the front, three hours. By the time you got to the front, instead of just going down the line and getting everyone to sign the calendar, they had to hurry it up. So they were distributing each person to one player. In other words, you, you go to Dan Hampton, uh, you go to Richard Dent, you go to Otis Wilson. And I'm sitting there and I'm wearing my Walter Payton jersey, I'm wearing my kangaroos headband. All My whole world was, was Walter Payton at the time. And so I get up to the front and the guy who's distributing them sees how I'm dressed and he walks me right over to Dennis McKinnon, the wide receiver. And wow. I, I actually start crying on the walk. I, I remember it vividly. And I love Dennis McKinnon. I'm crying, seven years old, and, my, and he takes me to McKinnon. I get to the table and I'm handing it. Dennis McKinnon, to his credit, says, no, 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 this won't do. Walks around the table, takes me by the hand, Aww. brings me over to Walter. Excuse me, excuse me, Walter, we have a special fan here. Walter was Walter. He was amazing. I have since talked to Dennis McKinnon about that story as an adult, and I've thanked him, and he's, he, you know, he laughs. He's an amazing guy. Great, great guy. But Walter was my everything. Like, there was an aura around him when I saw him. I don't remember what he said. I remember my ears started to ring when he was talking, and he's got that, it's cool, oh, how are you, that soft voice, and he signed it. Uh, it was amazing. Great, great, great memory for me, personally. I love oh, that. So that cool. So Dennis good. McKinnon was a hero for me. Dennis so stepped cool. up big time. I'm huge, yeah. huge. Um, real quick, I knew I was never going to play professional sports from the second I picked up a ball at any sport, sure. yet I loved sports so much and I would wake up on Sunday mornings and I would watch a show called The Sports Reporters on ESPN and it was all these <laughs> local beat guys and there was this like classy silver fox of a gentleman who just held court and was the host and it was Dick Schaap. Obviously you know his son Jeremy now, Dick, pa Dick has since passed but to me Dick Schaap was everything about sports journalism. He was so New York, he worked for Jimmy Breslin as mm. a youth and then would go on and be this veteran voice obviously of ESPN but of course across the board as far as journalism goes. So Dick Schaap was the guy that I wanted Great to Great answer. And here I am on a show talking with you guys. Look at you. Pretty cool. You're going to be it for somebody. Peter Schrager. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. G-M-R-B. And I get to kick things off. And I'm going to talk about the forgotten runnerbacks during my playing days. So that 2010s era. And the first guy that's going to come in at number five, he was actually the last guy to rush for 1,000 yards for this franchise. And it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm talking about Doug Martin. This guy came in the league and he had the nickname the oh, Muscle Hamster and he said he hated that yep. nickname. Couldn't stand it. So he nicknamed himself and called himself the Duggernaut. This guy was unbelievable when he came in the league. 1,400 yards in his rookie season. And then you look at Tampa Bay rushing. This guy has two of the top three single season rushing performances for this franchise. Doug Martin was a monster. Short, low to the ground. Similar to a guy, Ray Rice, who was in the league at the time as well. But he came in, would have the long plays, the short plays, run you over, run all around you. Uh, Doug Martin, 1,400 yards as a rookie. I like this My goodness. Mm, Coming in at number four, another name you may not remember, but this guy came in as a rookie. His quarterback was a rookie as well for the Washington team, and I am going with Alfred Morris. Uh This guy, another star out there on the field. Him and RG3 came in, and they were unbelievable early on. Alfred Morris rushed for 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns in 2012 in his rookie season. 1,600 yards coming out of Florida Atlantic and was just fun to watch. He is fifth all-time in Washington's career rushing yards right there and so much fun. This guy, especially you coming to the league, you see him out there, no gloves on, rocking number 46. You don't see many running backs that come in with a number in the 40s, didn't want a popular 20s number, but got out there and was really good football player. Coming in now at number three, I'm going to go with a guy that is a home run hit. I once tackled this guy, and you make a tackle. He came through the hole. You hit him. I got up, and I was instantly sore. But it was one of those plays where he looked at me and gave me a head nod. It was almost like, damn, I didn't think you were going to be able to get me on the ground. But I got Lamar Miller this when he was playing in Houston. Played in Houston, played in Miami, and this guy... Fast. That would be the way you describe him. His highlights are all him just taking it the distance, oh running by and around people. Lamar Miller was so fun to watch. This guy from Miami, he goes to Houston, and you think, all right, Houston signed a decent player and is unbelievable for the Texans right there, rocking the number 26 in those pretty Miami Dolphins uniforms. But I said he was a home run hitter. This guy is at the top of the list when you look at career Monday night runs and the, that go the absolute distance. This was right here in 2018. He takes it for 97 yards for the touchdown. Oh, wow. Yes, Jeez. 97 yards. There's only one player who has a longer rush in NFL history than him. Does anybody at the table know who that player is? Went 99 yards. Tony Dorsett, the leader of Monday Night Football. I was on the field for this guy, Chris Johnson, against the Jets. 94 yards. Somebody clipped his heel at the very end, kept his feet going, and scored the touchdown. This list right here, one way to describe it is absolute speed. Let's get into the top two. 
Number two, I'm going with an undrafted guy out of Cole College. I'm going with Fred Jackson, played for the Buffalo Bills and the Seattle Seahawks, Jackson. was teammates with Marshawn Lynch, and this guy was about 6'1", 215 pounds, a tall running back, and you had to get out the way when he was coming through. It seemed like every year, Buffalo was trying to maybe go and get somebody else, but at the end of the day, it was always Fred Jackson, one of the best running backs to play in Buffalo. Fred Jackson toted the rock, ran over people, and was just a tough guy in between the tackles. And then as you look at undrafted players in the Super Bowl era, Fred Jackson ranks right up there with the best of them. Look at the names on this list of undrafted players. LeGarrette wow. Blount, obviously a ton of touchdowns, wasn't drafted for other reasons. Arian Foster on this list. Willie Parker, a great list right there. Fred Jackson coming in at number four. Jay, how about Fred Jackson sharing the backfield with Marshawn? With Buffalo? Marshawn Lynch. I mean, that's like, cool. who, who, you make a business decision on Fred Jackson, <laughs> and then they bring Marshawn Rap. Lynch in there? I'm not tackling Rap. either one of yeah. those guys. <laughs> and coming in at number one, I'm going with DeMarco Murray. Okay, go on. This Ooh. guy called okay. himself the kid, was fun to watch. It. He was a guy that typically you tell your running backs, keep your shoulders down when you're going through the hole. The thing about DeMarco Murray, he always looked like he was running upright, but got through there and was able to make guys miss. And he did it all. And you would think, some people think, after he left the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, he was in Tennessee and still had over a thousand yards. But the thing about DeMarco Murray right here, you see him in that Cowboys uniform. Yeah, they beat us this game. I was out there as well. This guy, though, for the Dallas Cowboys, you look at Emmitt Smith, kind of the guy when you think about Dallas Cowboys football and you think about the running back position. Most yards in a single oh, awesome. season oh. at the very top of that list is DeMarco Murray in 2014. 1,800 yards. DeMarco Murray was an absolute beast. Emmitt Smith has the next two, of course, because like Kyle just said, he was a standard for the Cowboys. But this right here is my list of the top five forgotten running backs during my playing days. Doug Martin, Alfred Morris, Lamar Miller, Fred Jackson, and DeMarco Murray at the absolute top. Kyle, I know you're the running backs guy. What do you think of the list? So many things. That DeMarco Murray era in Dallas when it was he and Witten and Dez and Romo was really mm. fun. I mean, they were really a powerful offense. Alfred Morris was really well known for his car. He had a 91 Mazda 626 that yep. he called Bentley. Yep. And when he got his paycheck, whatever, he said, I know, I'm going to roll with Bentley. Doug Martin is a great memory because, as you said, all anyone wanted to talk about was you're the muscle hamster. Yeah. And he's like, no, yeah. no, no, I'm the Duggernaut. And we're like, all right, muscle hamster, whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. like, he hated that nickname, but it will never go away. It took you two sentences to bring it up. You have to. You have Martin. to. That's a great list, Jay. Alfred Morris, $2 for that Mazda. For the 626. Two, right, $2. bucks, right? Yes. It's the best. Bucks. What do you think, Shaq? I mean, I, I love the list. DeMarco Murray, it's, it's funny when he said he was number one because I used to watch him when I played running back when I was in Little League. Mm -hmm. So that's funny. I, the, the, the aggression, the, the, the shiftiness, and watching him become that, that three-time Pro Bowl and being able to watch him do the things that he do, I mean, it, it turned me up as a, as a kid. Not to say that you're old. You already I'm did. I'm not saying that. Because I'm older than Murray. I was just in, I was in smaller pads then watching this guy do his thing, man, I was, that, was, that was the great decision. DeMarco Murray was definitely my yes, favorite. I had to do a quick look up, a refresh on Fred Jackson. Yeah. Um, the Sioux City Bandits, and he played in NFL Europe before he got with the Bills. Like that, he was, he was earning $200 yeah. a week playing for the Sioux City yeah. Bandits, and then he's number two on this list. I love the definition of the forgotten running back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.